Welcome to Meet the Musician at the Apple Store, Regent Street in London. Would you please welcome our guest moderator, Ian Rowe. Cool. So um, we'll just bring uh, we'll bring Charlie Simpson on stage. I'm sure you're all here. You all know about Charlie Simpson. So um, welcome, welcome, Mr. Charlie Simpson. Nice to meet you. Good man. Hello, everyone. Cool. So, man, we've got some questions here. Well, I'm going to ask you some questions on here, okay. and then um, we'll throw it over to you guys over here. I'm sure you've got burning questions, Charlie. Um, so, my first question is, um, during your career, you've, you've produced music, you've made music for at least three quite diverse music genres. Do you want to just talk us through the progression, basically? Yes, um, so I got into the music industry when I was um, 16 years old, or just turned 16. Um, and that was for the band Busted, and uh, that was sort of about three, four years. Um, and then when I was about 18, I met the guys um, in Fightstar, and I sort of, I was kind of playing with them as, a, as more of a hobby for about a year. Um, and then towards the towards the end of that year, I decided to you know stop doing what I was doing with Busted and and do fight stuff full time. And then that took me up to about 2010. And then I fight started made three records, and we kind of decided that we wanted a break because it was um, you know we kind of burnt out from all the touring and stuff. So I started writing stuff on my own, and uh, that took me into Young Pilgrim, which I released in 2011. And I just released my uh, second solo album about three weeks ago. So you just mentioned actually just then about Fight Star. Um, there's there's a hiatus thing going on. Are we gonna? I just want to before I ask any more of these. Are we gonna see more yes. Fight Star? Yes, we will in the future. Um, we kind of just as I say, we decided to take a break. We were meant to just take a year out and not really do anything, but I was just. Um, you know, I was keen to start doing some solo stuff. I'd always had the burning desire to make a solo record, and it just felt like the right time to do it then. But there will be more five-star stuff in the future, yeah? Cool. Good to know. Um, now, you've spoken before about getting writer's block, okay? So what gets you, or what, what got you more creatively inspired again when that happens? Um, I was actually pretty worried when it happened, because uh, it never happened to me before. And it's a scary feeling when the thing that you love to do the most, you're finding hard to do. Um, and I went on a long tour in the States called Warp Tour. Um, and it's so, sort of like summer camp. There's like 80 bands playing across the, you know, across the whole day. And it goes around the States. And um, I just had the best time and just rejuvenated my whole kind of excitement for music. So I, sometimes when you know, you get to the point where writing becomes a chore. You're never going to create the stuff that you really love. So I had to just kind of find that spark again. And uh, that was what did it for me. Okay. So you've you've actually, uh, this is like the eighth album. The eighth album the eighth in your album, career. Yeah. yeah. So that's... I feel like an old bastard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet. Um, you look great, though, man. You look great. Um, looking back, don't you agree? <laughs> um, looking back... Um, do you feel uh, do you feel as a certain genre that it, that you have in mind, basically, that you prefer? Um, I don't know. I think that my musical makeup is very varied. You know, 
Or do you feel that they kind of like are the building blocks to just yeah, exactly where you right. come? Really. Exactly right. Yeah. And it's like, that's just part of my musical personality. I mean, with Fightstar, it's obviously a lot heavier than than the stuff I do as a solo artist, but I love the, I love acoustic music as much as I love heavy music. And I love, you know, I just, I love all sorts of different genres. You know, I mean, I love stuff like the Postal Service, sort of like more electronic stuff as well. So I don't think there's a, something that I think, or that's, sort of that pinpoints who I am musically because I think my musical makeup is just quite eclectic. But the two main personalities in my musical makeup are definitely sort of rock music and acoustic music. And, you know, with these different personalities and, and uh, you know, different genres, um, like, t talk to me about influences. Um, do your influences change kind of like based on these different uh, kind of genres you've gone through? Or who are your influences as well? Well, it's weird because my the sort of soundtrack to my childhood was the stuff that my dad used to play me in the car. So we used to go, when he used to take me to school and we used to go sailing together and stuff, he would play a lot of stuff like Jackson Brown. He was a massive Beatles fan, um, Beach Boys, Eagles, you know, that sort of West Coast American sound in the 70s the silent record sound. And I really latched onto that. And, you know, I love harmonies. Harmonies is my favorite thing in music. So I just really, that just really spoke to me in a way that no other music did. And then when I was about 12, my brother sat down and played me Ride the Lightning by Metallica. And I was like, well, that's awesome. There's really loud drums and loud guitars. Um, and so I sort of veered into the this rock world and then I got even deeper, like, you know, Sepultura and Machine Head, and I was, like, blowing my head off with this heavy music. And then, like, about four years later, I started listening to more, I guess, melodic rock music. Um, and then, you know, stuff like Elliot Smith and Jeff Buckley. So it's all just intertwined. And I think my dad and my oldest brother were the two figureheads of my musical influence, you know? Okay, cool. And you recently got married? I got married... Two months ago. Let's get a whoop. Let's get a whoop and cheer. <laughs> um, thank you, thank you. I mean, you know, you just touched upon family, you know, being influences. Like, how has being married influenced you creatively? Well, it's made me sort of happy. And it's weird because I find it hard to write happy songs. I find it much more easy to write depressing songs. You know, you were saying to me earlier, like, you know, you like depressing yeah. songs to chill me out. Yeah, yeah. But it's weird. My dad always used to say to me when I, was, when I was younger, he was like, why do you listen to this music? It's so depressing. And I, But it, I find you know, I find hope in depressing. In, not depre depressing is the wrong word. Somber, melancholy music, you know. And um, so it was kind of weird when I, you know, was just about to get married or I was engaged because I was writing some songs for the new album and I was like, I don't have anything depressing to write about so I'm, I'm going to try and write happy songs. And a song like Long Road Home, which is the first... Um, track on my new record, you know, it was a change of pace for me because it was it was kind of nice and invigorating writing more upbeat, positive songs. Don't don't stop the depressing songs because yeah. obviously <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. No, but it's all it's all good. Yeah. Um, okay, so like, um, what's the comparison and the freedom about being a solo artist in comparison to being in a group? Uh, I would say the biggest thing is creatively. Um, you know, when you're in a band, you, you, ha you have to run by the rule, the uh, minority rules, really. Because if someone hates something, then if three people like something, one person hates something, you can't say, oh, we're going to have it in, because then they're going to be playing that song day in, day out, and be like, I hate this. So, 
you know, sometimes I'll come up with an idea that I love and I'll put it through the other guys in the band and they'll be like, don't like it. And, and that would kind of frustrate me because if I loved an idea, I'd want it to go in the song. So when I'm working as a solo artist, I sit there in my studio and it's like I have the freedom to do whatever I want to do. And that's a really nice feeling. Um, you know, and, and the weirdest thing about being a solo artist, I guess, is stuff like this. You know, I'm not kind of used to, used, there's usually guys there and there's no one there. Um, but I, it's great, man. You know, I've got a band when I'm on tour, so I still get that sort of camaraderie. I was going to say, you know, like, what, what about that buzz when you're on the road? You know, when you, you've got the other guys with you and kind of thing. Like, do you miss that? I mean, or do you still get it? Well, I kind of still get it now because my band members in my solo band have become very close friends. They were actually my wedding band. Um, cool. So, so uh, yeah, I've, I, it kind of feels the same. I kind of feel like I'm in a band, even though it's me that is, the f is sort of the focus of it. Um, it was good, man. It's great being on the road. Cool. And give us a little insight into the recording process of this album. Um, what, what was it like working on it? It was completely different from anything I'd done before. Um, I worked with a guy called Steve Osborne, who I was a big fan of. He did Placebo and worked with U2 and Thrice. And um, I just said to him, you know, I want to create a record that sounds got a warmth and a texture that is reminiscent of that 70s kind of sound. And he said, well, the only way you can do that is by playing the record live. Um, you know, modern t recording techniques mean that most artists will do the drums and then they record the bass and the guitar and layer it up. And he said the, w the best way to do it is just to get into a studio with the band. He sets up some mics, presses record. And it was a weird way of working because, you know, you have to commit. W what's different about recording these days is that you don't have to commit to anything anymore because you know you can just do it a thousand times. And uh, I, I love computers. I think they do a fantastic job in the music industry. but. There is also the tendency to you know, take away some of the the soul because people, you know, are just used to hearing such polished records. Um, so I guess I wanted to kind of get back to the old way of doing things, and it was really liberating for me. I learned a lot about recording, and and Steve showed me a lot. There's there's a on the album. There's a standout track for me called Emily. Okay, yes. what's the what's the the inspiration? Well, Emily, um, it was really interesting because that song. You know, you mentioned that I had writer's block, and that was the catalyst that brought me back. So that was the first song I wrote after my stint where I couldn't write anything. Was it about anyone in particular? Well, it's or? kind of about my wife. She's not called Emily, but um, I don't like to use direct names. <laughs> it's not just I've got another thing on the side called Emily. Um, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it was, I just sat, I can remember coming back one night, and I'd, I'd had a few drinks, feeling a bit lethargic, and I just got my guitar out, and... Freestyle. Yeah, I had to press record, and I remember I came back the next morning, and I couldn't really even remember what I recorded the night before, and uh, I was like, "Oh man, that's good." It's a good job you recorded it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that could have been a hashtag fail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, actually, on that, um, with writing songs, I mean, obviously that one. Uh, you, you know, freestyled that one. You came yeah. home, you're feeling a little bit maybe tipsy, whatever. Yeah. Like, how do you go about writing your songs normally? Is there a process or there, not? There is, but I, I hate it when music becomes too much of a formality in writing. You know, I think that's part of the reason that I had the writer's block in the first place. It has to be natural. And you can't, you know, when you're trying to write an album, it can't all be like what the way I wrote Emily because you just, you can't, everything can't just run that way. Um, so you do have to set aside time where I'm, I th you know, think to myself, I'm going to spend the next few hours writing. And I think the way I do it is just to, I always do lyrics and um, 
lyrics to the song last. I'll always come up with a melody first. So I'll sit down, find some chords that I like, just start singing through melodies, set up a mic, and just, if I find something I like, I'll just hit, I like, I'll hit record. And once I've got a loose structure of the song, then I'll start you know, thinking about lyrics and stuff. But I, some people write lyrics in books, and then they'll sort of fit the lyrics around the melody. I've always been exactly the opposite way around. Okay, so let's go back, like, 16. 16 was when yes. you, or just before 15, technically. Um, all the way until now, what's been your greatest achievements, like, today? Name them, list them. Um, Any standout, amazing things that have happened Yeah, I mean, for you? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's th I guess in the, in the different, in the different, uh, things that I've done, you know, going back to the busted days, winning Brit Awards was a big a big thing. Um with Fight Star my seminal moment was when I played the um main stage at Reading Festival. Because I, I remember going to Reading Festival when I was about eleven years old and I remember watching Rage Against Machine. So the Rage Against Machine or Slipknot, but they I remember watching them and thinking, one day I'll be up there. You know, it was it was just a real moment of wow, one day I want to do that. And so yeah, Fight Star in 2009, very lucky, you know, lucky enough to play the main stage. And I remember walking out, it was one of the best shows I've ever done. It was just a seminal moment for me. And uh, with my solo stuff, I think I'm doing a show, at the, a headline show at the Roundhouse in, uh, tonight. in a month. Or well, tonight is part of the iTunes Festival, but I'm doing it again as a, as a headline show in uh, October. And I think that's going to be another one of those moments because I've always wanted to, you know, headline the Roundhouse and it's one of my favorite venues. So. It's weird, you know, you go through your, your career and there's just little things that you tick off to think, oh, you know, I've done that. And and then you just keep looking for things to, you know, to progress to. On that, you're playing tonight. You're t playing tonight for Indeed. the iTunes Festival. iTunes Festival. What are you most looking forward to about that? Well, I'm doing a special version of the track, Emily. Um, little, uh, yeah, so I'm excited about that. Of course, you can't tell us anymore because no. no, it's a secret. <laughs> Go, everybody. Um, okay, and and your fan base. Do you feel do you feel your fan base has evolved over over the time? Yeah, it's great. I mean, my shows, I see a whole wide range of people, um, which is fantastic. I think there's definitely a, a kind of a cross, a mix between the you know different things I've done, and um, and I love that. You know, I think it's great that you that there's different you know, ages and all sorts and what's the like what's the dream as in like obviously you're living the dream i'm sure but like after all of this like what do you want to do do you want to just continue doing it um well, my, my ultimate i mean you know i love what i love about what i'm doing at the moment is i'm working as an independent artist and the independent the independent sort of music industry gives you freedom to do what you want to do and i think that's the main thing for me is to keep hold of the freedom creatively and and i think that's probably the most important thing um in the long-term future i'd love to get into film scoring i'm a huge fan of film and i think in maybe five ten years time you know if i have kids of my own then i'm not going to want to be touring as much and so you know the idea of kind of having a studio at my house and you know writing music for films is it's like a little dream at the end of the tunnel for me Cool, thanks very much, Charlie. Awesome. Um, I'm going to open it up to you guys now. Um, so, 
put your hand up. We'll have to, before you speak, just, uh, we've just got to get the microphone over to you. So you look really keen. So we'll, <laughs> we'll go for you to, to begin with. Go for it. Hello. Hi. Hello. What's your name? I'm Shalan. Hi. <laughs> nice to meet you. I've actually met you 10 years ago, but oh, cool. very long ago. Nice to see you again. <laughs> um, I just want to know, um, is there any times where you, like you're playing a gig, you get like a sudden burst of inspiration and you find yourself changing a song lyric or anything like that? No, sometimes I find myself forgetting the song lyrics. Um, but no, I don't. Um, sometimes you, you get a bit of inspiration to change melodies. So you, I, sometimes I'll change the melody to what it is on the record, but there is a limit because there's a s some bands I go and see will change the melody so much that it doesn't sound like the same song anymore. That really annoys me. I went to see Counting Crows and they did that. And I love the Counting Crows, but he kept singing different melodies. I was like, you're just changing the song, man. <laughs> so uh, yeah, a little bit of change is good, but not too much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the floral, floral lady right here. <laughs> there's another microphone. There you go. Hello. Uh, hello. What's your name? Uh, Rima. Hi, Rima. Hi. Um, so I've been a massive fan for years, and Excellent. my favourite track is Ten More Days. Excellent. Um, and I was wondering whether there's a backstory behind the lyrics or what inspired Yes. You? Basically, um, it's about having comfort in a relationship, knowing that if anything else breaks down in your life, um, you have each other, and that's the most important thing. Because, you know, when you, you know, I'm married now, and when you're in a relationship when that's that committed, you feel like you are a team, and if something is bad is happening for one of the one of the you know couple, you've got to be there for that person. And you've got to think that no matter what happens, um, as bad as it could possibly get in your life, if you always have each other, then that's all that really matters, and that's what someone's about. Anybody else? Got one over here. Oh, we'll go. We'll go to you next. All right. Go Hi What's your name? My name's Luke. Hi, Luke. Uh, I was just wondering, do you have any advice for musicians who want to get in the independent music industry? Yes, I would say make the most of um, social media. It's a huge thing. And when I got into the music industry, I remember being at school and thinking, you know, how do I go and play gigs and get in front of music industry people? The fact is that the most of the music industry is now looking at YouTube, they're looking at Facebook, and these are things that you don't need even a manager for. So I would say, you know, put, record music in your bedroom. You know, you can do it on these computers that are in this shop. Um, and then, you know, put demos up on Facebook, put them up on, on Twitter and all that stuff. And it's just about growing it organically, man. You can literally get to a point where you could probably sell out a thousand capacity venue without even needing a venue without even needing a manager, just because of the tools you have at your disposal. And that's amazing, because I never had that when I was growing up, so I'd literally make the most of that. Just the uh, check shirt guy over there. Hi, Charlie. Hi, what's your name? Uh, Stuart. Hi, Stuart. I was always just wondering, um, my sister, when I was a teenager, was a massive Busted fan. Yeah. And uh, I was one of these grabby little teenagers that kind of sort of wrote Busted off as, you know, pop, pop act and things like that. Yeah. When I heard uh, Fight Style coming out, yeah. I always thought, oh, the guy from Busted's doing a rock band. But then yeah. I listened to Grand Unification, and it just completely changed me, uh, my opinion, and yeah. all that sort of thing. I was just wondering if that sort of, well, backlash kind of thing, you know, from r like rock fans ever manifested itself to you, and if it was uh, an inspiration yeah. or if it ever. It was. It was uh, very difficult because uh, it did a lot. You know, a, a lot of, a lot of people just said, you know, this is the guy from Busted trying to do a rock band, and that hurt me a lot because you know, Firestar was sort of more of my musical makeup, you know, than Busted was. So. You know, we, we had di we had a difficulty at festivals and stuff, people giving us shit. And I think what 
turned it around was that people, like you remember Paul Brannigan, who was the editor of Crang Magazine, came out just before Grandification said uh, came out, and he said, you know, this is one of the best rock records I've heard in the last ten years. And to have people in that position saying that, I think that was what really drove it home for us. But I, you know, I like to think that people just make decisions based on music. Like you said, you know, preconceptions can go, can go, so, you know, sort of only so much of the way. And then you, when you sit down and listen to music, I hope that the music will always speak for itself. So I kind of knew in the back of my mind, if people are going to like Five Star, they're going to like it, regardless of what preconception they have. Hi, Charlie. Hi, mate. How are you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Um, one of the biggest um, Five Star songs I've listened to is Mono. I was just wondering what... Um, the story is behind it? Um, Mono, we basically, um, it's named, have you heard of the Japanese post-rock band called Mono? So I went to see them at the um, ICA with the other Five Star guys. And uh, I, I kind of knew about post-rock music, stuff like Mogwai and, and, and Godspeed and stuff, but I hadn't really experienced it live. And um, when I saw them play, I just they just floored me. I mean, I just actually that's one of the best musical experiences I've ever had in my life. Literally went home that night and wrote a song, and I was like, I'm calling calling this song Mono in homage to this band. If you haven't checked them out, please go and check them out. It's life changing music. Hi Charlie. Hi mate. How's your, what's your name? Connor. Hi Connor. Um, uh, if or should I say when Fightstar get back together? Um, how heavy will it be, if heavy at all? It's a good question. Um, I can't give you an answer to that. I just don't know. Dan actually asked me the same question last week. I don't know. I, until I get a guitar in my hand, I have no idea. I mean, I think that it'll be... don't know. <laughs> Let's <laughs> hope it's heavy. Okay, nice. Hi, Charlie. Hi there, what's your name? Rosie. Hi, Rosie. Hi. Just wondering, what's your favourite song that you've ever written and why? Um, favourite song I've ever written... That's really tough. Um, I think that Long Road Home, the first track off this new record, and Emily are two of my favorites from this record. Um, so currently they're my favorites, but uh, I think the track, the Fight Star track called Chemical Blood that I love, and um, yeah, it's tough. You know, you, you kind of goes in phases of, of liking different stuff at different times. Um, but yeah, at the moment, definitely long road home. Hi, Charlie. Hi, mate. Um, What's your I name? Just Adam. Hi, Adam. I was wondering if you have any favourite records at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, favourite records. Yes, I've been listening to a lot of London Grammar record. I think it's very good. Um, in the last five years, the, lo the two records that I've got attached to the most are Phoenix, Wolfgang Amadeus. I love Bonavere's first record. I absolutely love. And I've been getting into some old stuff. I came across Creedence Clearwater Revival, and I've been listening to their greatest hits a lot. They're, and they're an old band, but it's an amazing record. So, yeah, I mean, I uh, just trying to think of any records coming up that I'm excited about. I always get excited when Deftones release a new record, so their next new record will probably be my favorite. Hi there, what's your name? Uh, Siobhan. Hi, Siobhan. I was just wondering, obviously you're only 16 when you were in Busted. Yep. Did that like make you more certain of what you wanted to do in terms of music? Like, was it rather than this, I'd more prefer to do my own thing? Or? Um, I, uh, well, I think that I was just so young at the time that I wasn't really thinking about what I actually wanted to do. 
long term. You know, at 16, you're so young, you don't really know what you want anyway. Um, but I think the pressure of being in a band that big at that age, you know, that was sort of difficult to deal with. And it sort of made me think, is this really what I want to be doing quite early on? Um, you know, I had great time doing it, but it, it came apparent very quickly that, you know, it wasn't what I wanted to do long term. Hi, Charlie. Hi there, what's your name? Farah. Hi, Farah. Um, I was just wondering, what track was the hardest for you to write on The Long Road Home? Um, ooh, hardest to write. Um, I would say the track 40 Thieves was difficult because it went through many different stages. It started off as an acoustic song, then it went to a piano song, and then it ended up being sort of a mix of the two. Um, but that took a long time to write. So I always think the hardest song to write is usually the longest. Like a track like Down, 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 I literally wrote in 20 minutes. Um, so if a song, it doesn't mean the song will be any worse if it takes longer to write. I just find that's, you know, if it takes a long time, then it's, I see it in my head as being harder. Don't Hello, mate. Hey, yeah. How you doing? Um, I just wondered, I know you're both your brothers. Have you got two brothers? Or yes. Yep. Yeah, and they're both in bands. They are, I yeah. saw you at Electric Ballroom with them. Yes. Um, was there any kind of envy or sibling rivalry when you kind of got all the mainstream success and they didn't? Or have to ask them. I mean, uh, I I don't think so. You know, I am my my two brothers were my two best men at my wedding. You know, they are my best friends in the whole world, and you know they're my brothers, so they're always going to be supportive of me. And I have always tried to, you know, do as much as I can for them as well. Um, so I don't think sibling rivalry um, there ever was, really. But we're actually going to be doing a band in the future, hopefully. We started writing some songs together. So hopefully um, we'll get to do something together at some point. That's unfortunately all we've got time for. Um, hope you guys have asked what you've wanted to ask. Thank you very much, guys. Lovely to see yeah. you. Yeah, And Charlie, thanks very much. Thank you, mate. It's been nice a pleasure. Time.